Hey guys, how's Craft Hour? We're back with another episode. Uh, today we're talking about that big blowout win over Maryland, and then we're going to get into a bit about some of the uh, the new commits this week. Uh, so stick with us. How's Craft Hour? Let's do this thing. Gets to win 54-7. We are the champions. Uh, not quite. You know, we can always just dub that in. We don't have to have you sing. No, that's my voice. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, woo! That's my reaction. That was exciting. It was fun, dude. Hurt my it's ears. fun. It I'm was, sorry for everyone who was listening with headphones. I'll turn it down you. in post. Dude, that <laughs> was fun. I don't let's forget the criticisms for a bit. Forget being a negative Nancy. I've completely forgotten. Some... I'm back fully within the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Forget I, I have Divin do- dove head first. Right into the Kool-Aid. Into yeah. that slizzerb. Take a spoonful of uh then Were you, you trying to rap? Then you, you trying to rap? Dive in. Yeah. Um diving into the Kool-Aid. You take Is that a spoonful swimming pools? of of Kool-Aid then you dive in. Yeah. Um all the Dude, girls it was fun. Play. Wasn't it fun to be a Nebraska fan on Saturday, everybody? Pool full of Shut oh, up. I'm with you I'm now. To talk. I'm with you. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what? I'm, sorry, it just took me a second. I was trying to, I'm also trying to parody that song now, but it's it's too late. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Dude, fun to be a Nebraska fan, huh? It was fun to sit there and, and like, just like sit back and relax and breathe a little bit. Um, it felt like Ohio State. I felt like, is that what it feels like every every single week to be Ohio State? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just felt good for me to win. Yeah. Um, I, I tweeted this on the on the account, but I said it, it's fun to win a game again where you feel bad for your opponent at halftime. Yeah. And I felt bad for Maryland in that game. And let me tell you yeah. what, it didn't feel good, but it felt great. Yeah. They played real bad, Elijah. That was a little painful to watch Maryland out there. Every chance they got to reload their gun and shoot themselves in the foot, they did it. <laughs> Which I'm so used to Nebraska doing. Yeah. But the the, the look that uh, that solidified that game for me was the look of the Maryland head coach after we pooched that kick. Yeah. And they couldn't get on it, and we recovered it, and it just looks at him, and he just, just kind of like staring off in the distance, shaking his head. Just, yeah, dead inside. And that's what it's felt like to be a Nebraska fan most of the year. So it felt good to not be on the other end of that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it started off with that. <laughs> um, Nebraska kind of stalls on the first drive, and I remember I had like this nervousness of, uh-oh, is yep. our offense going to be just inept against a bad defense again? Yep. Um, but then it was the the fumble that just falls right into Mark Heldesmuke's arms. Yep. Oh. And then we punch it in. Um, we get a three and out, get the ball back, punch it in. I go, okay, it's over. And I, I talked about that in the podcast last week. And really? the preview episode was, I said, if we get on these guys early, they're going to give up. That's what they've done all year. And what did they do? Yeah. They gave up. If you look at Maryland and their history, I think you could definitely say that. However, if you look at Nebraska 
in their history this season, we've had an inability to keep our foot down on the pedal, uh, to really like kick the other team while they're down. We've definitely lost some games after going up fast. Colorado, uh, Northwestern was close. Uh, what other games, Wisconsin, um, an inability to, to keep our, our feet to the floor and power through the rest of the game. So it felt if, good if to Nebraska do that. had 14 more points on this season in like a couple select games, we could be eight and three right now. Mm-hmm. That's not too unreasonable. One score game against Purdue, one score game against Indiana, one score game against Colorado. All those games were very winnable, I think, for everyone who's watching. And we that we could be eight and three right now, and it's we're not. That's the thing. Yeah, we're not for and sure. It, 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 you can't just say we could be eight and three because we're not. No, we're and five and six. That's yeah, what we are. We're we're definitely at the record of that our team deserves and has been playing at. If it happened once or twice like that, maybe you could say that. But with the consistency of our team being unable to do that, um, to finish games, we are what we are <laughs> they were who they thought they were um <laughs> so uh elijah let's get let's get into the game a smidgen more you already started but um maryland looked horrible elijah it, how uh yeah it's like it was laughable it was, yeah it was a laughable performance for that team to be in the big 10 pathetic yeah they had athletes i think you can see that in some plays but their their play up front was awful after the loss on saturday maryland moves to one and seven in the conference three and eight on the year yeah that's look, with one top 25 win <laughs> they looked really good at the beginning of the season people well people jumped on that hype wagon real quick yeah I don't know why. it's because their offense was was, was humming, humming. Yeah. yeah um so Speaking of which, Nebraska's defense held strong. Uh, definitely some opportunities for them to, uh, what, well, we stopped them four times on fourth down. Yeah. Um, our the defense most, was able sorry. to get off the field. No, it's good. Our defense was able to get off the field. Um, were you expecting that? I think we. You, you even said last week, Elijah, going into the game, you were expecting this game to maybe look like first person to 30 wins. Yeah. Uh, we, well, and I wasn't was expecting <laughs> that. I wasn't expecting that out of Maryland's offense. Maryland's offense looked horrible. Granted, they had four quarterbacks see the game. Yeah. Um, big talking point at the end of the game. Um, they didn't have great consistency. They couldn't convert on a fourth down. Um, what else did you see out of Nebraska's defense in that game, Elijah? Well, the most impressive stat from Nebraska's defense to me was that they only gave up 58 yards passing mm-hmm. total. That's not like the starter. That's 58 yards total. It's 33 yards total to the uh, to the backup Jackson. The starter, Pagrome, had 24 yards before he went out injured. Um, yeah. That's just impressive, especially after you've seen how teams have beat us this past mm-hmm. year, the year with uh, Indiana beat us with the crossing routes, Purdue beat us with the crossing routes, Colorado started beating us with the crossing routes. Every team knew that formula, and it wasn't necessarily a lack of effort on trying those from Maryland. It was Nebraska's defense came to play on Saturday. I think all <clears throat> the, 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 the mood that I feel from this team right now, from Wisconsin, Maryland, and now going into Iowa week is that it's backs against the wall. We need to do this now. It's we, we need to win two games of our last three to make a bowl. Let's go do it. Yeah, for and sure. They made, they got a statement one against uh, Maryland on Saturday. Yeah. I think another intangible that I saw on Saturday was just the energy and enthusiasm. Our team was playing with um, Scott Frost before the game, encouraged the players to any chance they got to encourage one another, be positive, hit each other on the helmet. Um, to take that opportunity. And I think you saw that in the defense specifically on Saturday. It was back to maybe how we saw the defense at the beginning of the season. Let's say first half of that Colorado game. I think the defense played with a lot of energy. They carried the energy of the entire team. Uh, coaches were saying that at the end of summer camp, um, beginning of the season, that the defense played with like a swag and an energy. And I think we've lost that through the season. Um, the defense 
has been playing, I don't know, just not like they're out there making plays. They're not playing pumped up, jacked up on the field. And I think you saw that against Maryland. It was fun to see. It was fun to watch. I think they that really helped them play. So an intangible for me is just the the positive, the the encouragement of each other, telling each other good job whenever you have a chance to say some good job. Um, I'm curious to see what that looks like going into this Friday. Other exciting news from the Nebraska game uh, from Saturday was that Nebraska beat the spread for the second time this season. Whoa, 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 Vegas was wrong. Yeah, and uh, Nebraska is now 2-9 and nine this year against the spread, which is terrible. <laughs> but, hey, uh, that's a, a from the defense. But also the offense. Let's get into the offense a little bit. They put up 54 points. Um, actually, let's go back and look at our MVPs uh, from the episode last week, and let's see how right or wrong we were. Before we go, offensive MVP, defensive MVP. Let's offensive start with the offense. MVP. I'm going to go with J.D. Spielman. I'm going 2 a.m., baby. Adrian Martinez steps up. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I picked Adrian Martinez, as you could hear there. Um, he was 16 of 25, 194 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, I, I don't think that's MVP material. Don't get me wrong. Adrian had a – it's a good game. He, he didn't have to throw all the ball all that much just because of what our rushing attack was doing. Um, but I think there is a much more obvious candidate for MVP, and uh, that's your guy, Ben. You bet, Elijah. I nailed it. Nailed the pick. J.D. Spielman. Yeah, J.D. Spielman, just, seven receptions, 104 like, yards. Don't take my stats from me, Sorry. man. I was ready for it. I was ready to, k- to kick it out. Well, I take back my stats, Ben. Would you like to give your stats? No, you already said seven receptions, 104 yards. You hadn't gotten to the two touchdowns, mm-hmm. doubling his touchdown output. <laughs> For the season, <laughs> what was his uh, his average yards per catch? Yeah, I don't know that. You that was say fifteen that yards. That's Damn that's it. pretty good. Okay, Smarty. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the other candidates we can look at. I mean, Martinez did run the ball ten times for ninety four yards, um, but Spielman just had himself a whale of a game. He kind of got lucky yeah. on the touchdown. Dude, but. had a had a monster game. Came out after he was sick too. Mm-hmm. Um, as Scott Frost said, coming out both ends. I'm gonna play that sound bite <laughs> right here. Here we go. Scott Frost graphic description of JD Spielman. <laughs> I mean, I, when I say they were sick, they were, they were coming out both sides, and uh, I, you know, we didn't know if we were going to have them, and it, it says a lot about how tough they are. Thanks, coach. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> and that, first off, that description is just hilarious, uh, in a gross way, and, and then uh, <laughs> I don't know if they wanted that shared with the world. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to get to. That Diedrich Mills uh, tweeted uh, the morning after the game. Damn, why he do us like that? LOL. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. That's fun, uh, fun to see the players, you know, <laughs> interacting like that with the coach. That's yeah. But uh, but JD and the team hotel the morning of the game was getting IV fluids actually, yeah. uh, rehydrating because he was coming out from both ends. Diedrich Mills was was pounding Gatorade chews during the game and uh, making sure he's getting some like nutrients down. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy. But out of that, Elijah. J.D. Spielman passes both Nate Swift and Johnny Rogers to become the third leading uh, in reception yards for a career at Nebraska, uh, right behind, you know who, Elijah, Kenny Bell Okay. and Stanley Morgan Jr. Wow. Isn't that fun? Do you think, I don't think he's going to pass you, though, this year. Uh, let's see. Right now, he's currently 170-some yards behind Kenny Bell. Could he do it? If we make a bowl. If we make a bowl game. Um, Stay tuned. Next episode. There's another actually really interesting stat from the game. That's that Adrian Martinez passed both Tommy Frazier and Joe Gans on the career yardage yeah, uh, records. That's which is, wild. As a true sophomore, through how many games did he play it in? 
because he didn't. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, he's missed multiple games last year and this year. Yep. So he's played less than twenty games, and he has already passed both Tommy Frazier, the great Tommy Frazier, and Joe Gaines in the career yardage uh, charts, which is you know different era. The quarterbacks are expected to have more yards. Do you know who he's forty yards behind? I do not. Zach Taylor. Uh, I have a feeling he'll pass Zach Taylor against Iowa. Yeah. Who's next on the list? Uh, drum roll, please. Eric Crouch at 7,915 total offensive yards. So, so he's still a good 1,000 yards behind. He's still over – he's 2,000 yards behind oh, okay. Eric Crouch. So he'll get there next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give it a little time. Uh, and then Taylor Martinez and then Tommy Armstrong Jr. at the top. So um, – Oh, and that is, he's behind Zach Taylor, who has two years as well. So, 2015, 2016. Uh, and then beyond that, everybody else played all four years. Joe Gans did start all those games correct, though, those two years. Yeah, he in the year st- for the stats, they have 2005, 2006, 2007, and 2008. Um, I'm pretty sure so he, in, he, the, in his time, he started more games than, than, than Adrian has. Adrian has yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, so... Oh, you were saying over his his freshman and sophomore year, he started more games than Adrian has. Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm saying over like his last two years. Oh yeah, he started more games than Adrian, Adrian has, has played so far. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Same time frame, but Adrian's been hurt and injured. Like, right. Less I time. see what you're saying. And now. he also had a bad sophomore year, so it's pretty impressive that yeah. he's uh, he's already up there. So yeah. The, speaking of which, Elijah, does this game quiet any criticisms for Adrian or not? No. Yep. No. Um, I agree. Just because Maryland was bad. Like, You bad, saw that bad. touchdown bouncing off of two Maryland defenders' hands into the hands of J.D. Spielman. Uh, there were more Nebraska fans there than Maryland fans. For oh, and Adrian threw that really bad pick yeah. on that, on that like, the turn line fade yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, He just uh, he never saw the defender tracking it. I think it's one of those things where they ran that play in practice and it was always open. He just... He underthrew him. He went back foot and lobbed it. Yeah, for and, sure. And it, it gave the defender time to recover. Didn't set his feet, for sure. Um, so, But I think Adrian did look a little more decisive running the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he definitely didn't have the same shiftiness as last year. I think that's still the injury. He, I think he's made it a point to run more. So maybe criticism is quieted there. But I don't think it, the criticism would be quieted until a good game against Iowa. That's what it's going to take. Yeah. Nebraska's offense overall, far more explosive um, these last two weeks than they have been in previous weeks. Do, do you know why? It's the run game. Yeah, got to be. Yeah. Well, because Diedrich Mills has been running hard. Adrian's been picking up a lot of, a lot of runs. Um, but also how much of that is, we talked about this a bit, Wisconsin scheming the, their defense to allow that to some degree. And Maryland obviously just, well, I, I, why, uh, I mean, I Nebraska still 305 yards rushing against Maryland. Yeah. They, uh, ran for 305 through for 226. Yeah. That's the point where you start to say that the team is imposing their will on the ground. Nebraska also had 5.4 yards per rush. The only slightly, uh, worrisome stat from the game was that Maryland did rush, uh, for 4.8 yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. They only ran the ball 31 times cause they were down so much. Um, but 4.8 yards per rush is an ideal that was boosted by a long touchdown run at the end. And, and then playing quarterbacks who were, more athletic to uh, more prone to, to run in the system than to pass in the system. Yeah. Um, Elijah, speaking of running, what do you think of Ramir Johnson out there? Ramir Johnson looked good. That was most likely going to be the last we're going to see of him this year. That was his fourth game mm-hmm. uh, that he's played in. I assume we're going to save the red shirt. Yeah. Uh, Scott Frost said like emergency circumstances. Yeah. They L- put him in. Leads me to believe that 
Wandale. Wandale may be healthy for Friday. Yeah. That's what that's what it sounded like last week. Now we're getting into this week. And people still aren't sure he still doesn't practice yet this week. Um who how how rough uh, is he? He's the kind of guy that could show up and knock I, the rust off pretty fast. I think so too. I just worry that it's going to be a decision where Scott Frost goes. Well, we don't need you this game. Like, oh, we we're, we're not going to risk you, Wandale or Wandale, Wandale. Yeah, because we're, it's it's we're playing for six and six. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that Scott Frost is going to go. Well, you're knocked up, but we're playing for a bowl. We are playing for a bowl, but I, I don't think it's something where you risk your freshman star athlete. Um, that's my opinion on it. I'd love to see him play on Friday. Right now, I'd put it at 50-50. I'm no expert, mm-hmm. but from what I've been hearing, especially from things I heard last week now into this week, uh, if you would have asked me on Saturday, I probably would have said 80-20 that he plays on Friday. Now we're into this week. I'm leaning more about 50-50. We'll see where it comes on uh, on Friday, but it's back to Maryland, I guess. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk a little more about that in our Iowa preview. Ramir Johnson was impressive. Uh, he got the, the most carries of anyone in that game on Saturday, and... You, you, that you, speed. You, Showed, you can tell he's got a little a little bulk enough to do a little a little just into the college game. Yeah. But overall, I think he had good vision. He hit the holes hard and seemed more well rounded out there than uh even at times looking at Maurice Washington. I was gonna say he seemed like Maurice Washington with less big playability but more consistency. Yeah, you can you knew what you're gonna get. You could I mean felt like you could run him between the tackles a little more than than Maurice, maybe. Um I don't know, do you disagree with that? No, not at all. I think he's just more willingness to run in between the tackles. Mm. I think Maurice could run in, between, run in between the tackles. Yeah, he didn't. He, every single play he ran, he wanted to, to bounce it out, bounce it out, and yeah. get a big play. Versus Ramirez, ready to wait for the hole. And that's not Big Ten football. Yeah. Okay, maybe Pac-12, you can bounce it every single time and try to get a big play. Not in the Big Ten. Yeah. You can't do that here. Sorry, Maurice. I mean, I'd love to see him back next year just because he is a, an explosive athlete, and I think football is a good thing in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not counting on it. Yeah. Nebraska doesn't need him. He he needs Nebraska more than Nebraska needs him. I don't think he realizes that at this point. Hmm. Watch well, any other standouts from from the game for you? Uh, a linebacker that really impressed me was Luke Reimer. Uh, ah, yeah. He's a walk on from North Star. Yep. A preferred walk on, and he really turns some heads in fall camp. And he didn't get into it till the end of the game. I believe that was his third game this season you can check the redshirt tracker for me and check um not sure if you have that pulled up or not but he impressed me at the end he went and made um, he played in two drives and i think he had about five six tackles Hmm. Uh, that impressed me he seemed to be flowing pretty hard making plays i expect to see him get some play time next year uh another guy that impressed me was sorry who are we looking at that was reimer yeah Reimer. Oh, sorry, Reimer. Yeah, that was his fourth. That was his fourth, so I don't expect to see him next game. I don't think he was going to get in anyway. Another guy who I liked was Bryce Binhart, the right tackle. Mm-hmm. He, uh, in the two drives he got as well, he seemed to be getting a good push up front, probably the best push of anyone on that, uh, the backups of the offensive line. Just he raw me. athleticism and size, huh? Essentially. I mean, he's still got a massive frame that he can – I think he can – easily put on 30 pounds over the offseason and be starting right tackle next mm-hmm. year. And it impressed me, his ability to, to run block. Didn't get to see much pass blocking because it was the end of the game. That was his third game. Uh, last guy who impressed me was Brock Bando, who I know we've talked about on the show before. I saw a great video on Twitter of him getting that left guard and getting a nice double team with Hymas mm-hmm. and pushing a, a poor guy about six yards back. And the run only went for three yards because the – uh, the running back, I think it was Ramirez at the, in, at the time, didn't necessarily hit it perfectly. He still got a, a decent gain out of it, but it was just... Ooh, that's what you love to see, though. It was just Bando and Hymas just driving a guy back into the linebacker depth, and 
Uh, that's the best double team. Is instead of getting off and blocking the linebacker, just putting the lineman's ass right into him so he yeah. can't go anywhere. Yeah, it, it, that that I'd love to see that. I think Brock's been getting better and better as the years gone gone on. I expect him to start next year, actually. So, um, yeah, love to see. Well, yeah, and if you even look at like just recruiting wise of offensive linemen, Nebraska's bulked up on the recruiting of offensive linemen. Uh, we'll see how that competition looks next year after. Like you said, Elijah bulking up this offseason. I think some some one depth, but two the ability to pull out a guy and put somebody in as like you know just a challenge or just gives a guy some perspective. Right now, you don't really feel like that's a huge option. Or at least we haven't really gone to it. I don't know. Austin hasn't really. How have you felt about about offensive linemen getting in besides who we have starting? Offensive line's a fickle position. Yeah, because you don't want to ruin the chemistry. Mm-hmm. I think. Later in the year, he's done more with rotating uh, Brock Bando, and he's Brock's the sixth lineman because he can play left tackle, left guard. And he, I've seen him play a little right guard this year too. Yeah, um, he's kind of plug in. That's why I see him starting next year. He's really impressed me. I think if he goes and has another good offseason, it makes sense to have a, a big, massive offensive line. Former tackle uh, would be at left guard and right guard because the plan right now is for Farniak to slot back into right guard, which leaves you with Hymas mm-hmm. left tackle, Bando left guard. Uh, Cam Jurgen center, Matt Farniak, right guard, and then the huge Bryce Binhart, right tackle. That's a big imposing offensive line. That's obviously a year off. We're not sure. You never know what happens in the offseason. But that would be intriguing to me. Yeah. Another big offseason storyline, which I teased in the cold intro, Oh-ho! was recruiting. Yeah. Nebraska uh, good got... Good segue. Damn. We're good. Uh, we're pros, dude. Frick yeah. Nebraska uh, got two commits this week. Uh, the big one for me, uh, these guys were both Juco. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big one big for me one. was... I, I don't know what I meant by that. The big one was Jamoy Hodge. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the exciting thing with both these Juco guys is they both completed their freshman years, and they're going to have four years to play three, mm-hmm. which means that they have one redshirt year and then three eligibility years. So both these guys I expect to be in the program for four years most likely. It's your boy, Jamoy Keep Fire, talking. dude. Fire, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be easy peasy. No, but Jamoy Hodge is a guy who's currently playing outside backer Independence Community College, mm-hmm. uh, where they had Last Chance U, for any Last Chance U watchers out there. Um, he's an outside linebacker. He's played one year there. Um, not the most standout stats in the world, uh, but from his huddle highlight, you can tell that he's going to slot well into this system. He played outside backer there, which means he did a lot of covering essentially Jojo Doman's position. Currently Mm -hmm. he did a lot of covering running backs, a lot of covering tight ends, a lot of uh, sealing the edge uh, and stopping the run. And then he also did a little pass rushing. I see him and a lot of the recruiting experts as well. See him more as an inside linebacker in Nebraska. Um, He's great in coverage. He's 6'2", 225. he'll, He'll show up with how much eligibility left? Three years. Three years. Um, he's a guy I could see, probably playing in four games next year, um, redshirting, and then stopping three years after that. That's what makes sense to me, especially with Will Honus coming back next year. But he's 6'2", 225, which seems small. Um, but whenever you look at the prototypical 3-4 linebacker uh, inside, that about right. Nebraska fans were going to remember uh, Chris Orr from Wisconsin a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. who is actually smaller than Jamoy Hodge. He is 6'1", 224. Um, and Jamoy Hodge is 6'2", 225. And Chris Ward gave Nebraska fits. He's been giving teams fits all year because he flows downhill well, yeah. stops the run. He can cover. He's a, a good quarterback spy. And that's what I see Jamoy Hodge being, a really good do-it-all type guy who's going to flow downhill. He makes plays. That's that's the best way I can describe him is he's like a hard-nosed football player who wants to be around the ball. Yeah, that's the, that's the guys that uh, rude 
Coach Rude on the inside, he's going to be recruiting. He's looking for those guys. Yeah. And, and there's ne- badasses on the inside. Nebraska's been going hard after Hodge for the uh, the past couple months. Arizona's also been hot on his trail. Uh, big for Nebraska to pick up that commitment. Dude, we're though. all going hard for Hodge. Am I right? Am I right? Up top. Come on. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jamoy Hodge, though, I can see him beating some play 10 next year. I think he's an instant impact guy. Yep. Um, do you want to talk a little about the other recruit, Ben? Yeah. Well, Elijah, we had to Google this other recruit, but not for the reason that you might assume. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Junior. Is it Aho? Aho? It's got to be Aho. I've been going Aho. Aho. Aho, dude. That's so sick. Now we got Jamoy and Aho. Perfect. It's Jamoy. Aho. Uh, and but you got to say it with a bit of a French accent, Elijah, because he is from Nice, France. Mm-hmm. That is the Google. Um, maybe you as well, listener, have Googled. How the heck do you pronounce it? It's not Nice, France. It's not Nice, France. What did you think it was? Nice, Nice. I pronounce it right every time. Yeah, you're. Um, however, you pronounce it, Elijah, it, it is it's right spelled for me. like the English word nice. Yeah, uh, it is Nice, France, uh, Elijah. Junior's been playing football since 2015. Yeah, not long. Yeah, not long at all. Uh, but he's got, I mean, kind of a, a classic story, right, of somebody who's got the frame, got the size, got the athleticism. Needs to learn uh, football. Needs to learn football. Um, so so Junior Ao's head coach actually grew up in Nebraska. He knows Ryan Held. Uh, he texted Held uh, this fall about a guy that Nebraska needs to check out. Uh, if they needed a pass rushing defensive end, and guess what? Nebraska needs a defensive end. Uh, and the quote from him is that on Ao is that, He's got muscles coming out of muscles. And now Nebraska has hot got their commit. So my kind of man. Yeah. So it started with a text from the uh the JUCO head coach to Ryan Held, and that's how uh he got on Nebraska's radar. Uh Elijah, do you have his stats pulled up? He's I mean, he's first team um Southwest JUCO conference. Uh oh, he's coming out of the uh what what junior college is he? He's uh New Mexico. New Mexico military inst- something like institution, that. Institution, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he played there for one year, which I think is impressive to be a guy who's pretty raw to go get f- first team all conference in your first year playing junior college football. Um, he's kind of not necessarily on everyone's radar. He was a bit of a surprise commitment. Yeah, he's only got uh, he's only got offers from uh, Kansas, Kent State, Liberty. Uh, Does have a Minnesota offer? Yeah, Minnesota, New Mexico, uh, Western Kentucky. Um, but committed, Nebraska. Committed. He's going to slot into the Alex Davis position this year, the the outside linebacker whose main focus is to rush the passer. Um, from the film I've watched, which doesn't necessarily give you everything, he's good with his hands. Mm-hmm. He's good. With, he's got a, a big frame. He's kind of worked into his frame. He needs to learn leverage. He's not going to be great against the run as of right now. Um, he struggles against bigger offensive linemen, mm-hmm. which Alex Davis is the same way. He's 6'3", 255 right now. Which, uh, yeah, Alex Davis hits the linemen. Kind of gets stopped up. That's about it as far and as Alex Davis is a little less weight on him yeah. um, than Ao, but Ao is just raw. And four years to play three is perfect for him. He's 100% going to redshirt next year. I could see him not even getting into a game next year, Yeah, uh, at least in any actual important times. Um, but he does have the measurables. 6'3", 255, he's about perfect there. Um, he plays for the French national team, which is it's the French national team, but... Yeah, um, but he was first team all conference in one year, which I think kind of shows he had a, a decent amount of sacks last year. I don't have the exact number pulled up. Yeah, um, um, so but he 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 is hard nosed. He gets to the ball as well. He's good getting off blocks, shedding blocks. He so, needs to learn how to not get driven on run plays. Yeah, what can Jovan do it do with him? That's kind of the question. Um, so Elijah, you kind of just touched on this, but next year. Are these guys going to be able to make an instant impact or nah? I see uh, Hodge being able to make the more instant impact. Sure. He 
he's been playing football longer. A, mm-hmm. um, B, I think he fits into the scheme well. Yeah, it kind of depends what other linebackers are coming up. Henrich is got a lot of upside. He was injured all year. Possibilities yeah. for him to play in a bowl game if Nebraska were to make it. We'll talk about that next yeah. episode. If anything, adding depth and competition into the into the position for the offseason, right? Yeah. Um, Elijah H- Hodge though also would be great on special teams. He's got wheels. He'd be a great punt or uh, a kickoff coverage guy, a punt coverage guy. Yeah. Um. So that goes without saying, Elijah as well. Scott Frost coaching staff. Um, in the two years they've been here, a little hit or miss on the on the JUCO transfer market in terms of players that show up and are able to play well. Or, I mean, I can count on one hand how many guys have made an impact. Yeah, Will Honus, Mike Williams, maybe Dedrick Mills. Dedrick Dedrick Mills was he's kind of mm-hmm. he's he's a JUCO with an asterisk mm-hmm. because he was yeah. he, he was a Georgia Tech transfer okay, who yeah. instead of coming and sitting a year for a year decided to go. Juco ball for a year and still remain fresh. Well, so that that's a yeah. bit of an asterisk. He could have transferred to another D one school if he yeah. wanted to out of Georgia Tech. Well, especially in their first year. I mean, Will Honus showed up last year and obviously didn't make an impact. He was um, hurt. Yeah, but he also just wasn't ready physically. I don't think either. Right. Um, anybody else you can think of that? Greg Bell. Hey, <laughs> just kidding. But that, that's how it seems. Nebraska <laughs> yeah. Juco transfers have gone. Yeah, have been the Greg Bell route. Um, so Nebraska has made a point of it within the past month or so to really recruit hard towards JUCOs. Mm-hmm. And it's paid off. They got two uh, JUCO commits this week. I expect a couple more to be coming before signing day. Mm-hmm. And these are guys that can come make an impact. Uh, I know Hodge is for sure. Hodge, excuse me. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to uh, to come in, I think, January, and he'll be able to play some spring ball. So that'll be good for him. Uh, but expect more JUCO commits within the next couple of months because Nebraska does want instant impact guys. So to refresh everybody as we start to close out this episode and close out that conversation, Elijah, uh, that brings us up to we've got uh, three four-star recruits if we're if you're into that sort of thing, if you'd like to measure our recruiting class by star power. Uh, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven three-star recruits. So... There's that. If, if what is our what's the Big Ten ranking right now? Oh, I don't know that. I believe we're sitting at seventh in the Big Ten now. After that, sixth, sixth in the Big Ten. Yeah, I was close. There I, she said, is. I said seventh, right? Yeah, close. And what are we nationally? Oh, that would be the twenty twenty eighth. We're ranked twenty eighth. Twenty eighth in the country, sixth in the Big Ten, which is improvements from even like a mm-hmm. month ago. I know about a month ago we're sitting in ninth and fortieth. So. Slowly rising up there. I expect more commits. I expect that number to rise. Yep. Uh, I, I want Nebraska to be top five in the Big Ten in terms of recruiting for 2020. That's how you know you're going to be on the right path. Sure. Well, Elijah, anything else to tack on to the end of the episode? We've talked a little bit. We've talked very positively about the Maryland game. Yeah. Could have got much more negative. Uh, you think? Yeah. I've heard a lot of negative, <laughs> negative names. Debbie Downers. Debbie Downers. It's a 54 to seven win. Get positive, people. I think some people like being negative. About I know it. you like being negative. There's a big game coming Friday. We had a great game on Saturday. No, but be positive. It's Husker Nation. It's the end of the season. We actually look like we may have turned a page. Be have some hope. Let's think, have some fun. Let's let's go. I think it's because people don't want to get disappointed. We're getting. We I got, know. I know. We don't want to be disappointed. Let's go be Iowa. Go listen to our Iowa preview episode. It's going to be up uh, soon. If it's not up whenever you listen to this episode, go listen to that. It's going to be great. Let's go beat Iowa and Friday. Let's have some fun. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Who are you? That was awesome. I feel so uplifted. Go Big Red, baby. Go Big Red, baby. We'll see you tomorrow.